All right, welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season one, episode 1.03. Today we are discussing the lens eternal, internal, external. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I'm the primary teacher and facilitator for all things Rekindling. And my name is Zach Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University majoring in youth ministry and minoring in pastoral leadership. I'm glad to have you here, Zach. Thanks. Glad to be here. Did that sound sincere? It did. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Uh, go ahead and give us a quick recap of the last episode and the Sweet and Sour Lens. Okay. So last episode, we were talking about the Sweet and Sour Lens, as you just mentioned. And basically, that's just another one of these paradigms that we've been going through the last couple of weeks. And that one specifically is dealing with the fact that although there are cons in life, um, there are no cons to God's plan. Mm-hmm. And there are different components to that, though. One aspect is the sweet side and one is the sour. So the sweet would be things that make you smile, good things that make you smile, and then the sour is good things that make you wince. Okay. And so we use the example of water walking, which we explain more of in uh, 1.01 when we go through the sub-stage journey. Right. And we said that some of the sweets to that was that when you're getting out of the boat and really just starting to rely on Christ and really start the maturing process, that that just makes God smile and different things like that. And so that's the sweet aspect of that. And then the sour, it takes work, it takes faith, stepping out and actually going and doing the things that Christ has actually asking us to do and applying the details of the Bible to the details of our life. Mm -hmm. And then we also just use the example of me being a college student and studying. Um, There's sweet and sours to that as well. Some of the sweets would be you get good grades, you get to actually pass classes and learn material (laughs) and all that good stuff, get degrees and jobs and all of that. Wonderful, wonderful things. And some of the sours are it takes work, it takes time, and you could be doing other things, but the sweets really outweigh the sours in those cases. Yeah. And so, as we mentioned, Sweet and Sour is episode 1.01, and The Seventh Stage Journey is episode 1.02. I think I just flipped those around, actually. And so, Seventh Stage Journey is 1.01, Sweet and Sour is 1.02. And and we are in 1.03. Yes, we are. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you guys listen, we're doing this whole podcast series. I think we'll probably have about 10 episodes, maybe 11 for this season when it's all said and done. Yeah. And so I look forward. I'm excited about just thinking people kind of listening through and listening to the different lenses. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find there's certain lenses that just don't click for you. Fine. You know, other ones that you really, really like. Yeah. And I'm going to be really excited when you begin combining them. So like you gave the example of the, the seven states journey with the sweet and sour, how, how they can be applied. Mm-hmm. So one of the things is keep uh, persevering in this season. Yeah. Keep listening because by the time all, all the, the episodes are done, you'll have probably two or three lenses that you're really going to like and, and and you can use them to make those more biblical decisions mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to equip you make you stronger you know etc sure. uh, so i'm excited just to, to get that feedback down the road yeah. of of how people are, are, are watching these combined mm-hmm. so so this lens and so now we're getting into the third lens and this one's called eternal internal external and i always refer to it as eie for short uh, for short excuse me and I know that people, it can be a bit of a tongue twister. And so they're like, in, eight, X, eight, what, what? So yeah. eternal, <laughs> internal, external. Uh, that's when we say E-I-E, that's the order that we're, we're referring to. And so let me explain first by giving the definitions of this, because this is a, a visual one, and I'm going to get into some of the visuals here shortly. Okay. But getting into the definitions first, what do I mean by eternal, internal, external? Eternal is going to be all of your God stuff. So so God himself, his will, his plans, mm-hmm. scriptural teaching and parameters, those all fall under the eternal. Uh, this is kind of the soul or the spiritual realm. Yeah. 
internal is going to be your heart and your mind. So it's it's how you're thinking, how you're feeling, your your thoughts, your feelings, your attitudes, your priorities. Those are all the internal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then external is going to be your circumstances and life and th- those things that are happening to you, whether whether good or bad. So when we talk about eternal, internal, external, we're talking about all the God, spiritual, biblical realm, and then your heart and mind and how you're feeling and thinking, mm-hmm. uh, and then your circumstances in life, the physical realities of things. Yeah. Okay. So those are the, the, the definitions uh, with that. So to give a visual representation, again, for those of you who are more visual and are trying to push through a, a, an audio podcast, <laughs> uh, I know it's hard for me too, uh, you can draw this out. Maybe you have notes as you're taking this series. So at the top of the page there, just draw a stable, solid line, just a horizontal straight line. Okay. And, and, and next to it, put the eternal. That's, that's going to be your eternal line. Then space down a bit, and you're going to put uh, a, a mountain and valley, peaks or peaks and valleys uh, type line. Like a heartbeat monitor. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like e- yeah. EKG, is that right? I don't know what that yeah. is. <laughs> but yeah, so you're going to draw out your up, up and down, uh-huh. your, your zigzag. It's a still horizontal, but your up and down horizontal line. And leave space in the middle there. And so that peaks and valleys is going to be the external. Mm-hmm. And then and then the internal is going to be there in the middle, and we'll draw that out in a second. We're going to use dotted lines with that. So the idea behind this concept is when we the reason why we we draw this solid straight horizontal line for God is because He's rock solid. Yeah. He's stable. He's unchanging. He's reliable. There's not He doesn't have bad days and good days. <laughs> you know, He's just always awesome. Right? <laughs> Where life is mountains and valleys. It's just the way that it is. You're going to have your good days and your bad days, your good moments and your bad moments. It's been that way for 6,000 plus years. It's Mm -hmm. going to continue that way for as long as we're here. It's just the way that it is. And so what this concept is all about is trying to let the eternal magnet be a stronger than the external magnet. So what you can draw, if you're, if you're drawing this right now, with the internal, you can draw a dotted line just above the mountains and valleys uh, and have it match it. So, so it would be this exact same, it would be a p- parallel line yeah. right to that. Naturally, as a human being, your internal is rooted in your external. So whatever's happening to you circumstantially, that's going to affect your mood. Yeah. So, for example, I always like giving this. You are uh, a baby, and you're in your mom's womb. It's legit, right? It's warm. <laughs> it's comfortable. A little tight, but it's, but it's sure. comfortable. The food comes to you, right? You don't have to pay for anything. You're just in a really good spot. And you're Sounds there like for the perfect environment for yeah. a dog's <laughs> Yeah, I wish. <laughs> and so you're there for like nine months, and then all of a sudden— Somebody grabs you and yanks you out into this this big medical room where it's cold. Um, you're hanging upside down, and all of a sudden they swat you, you know, on your rear. How do you respond? Not positively. No, I mean, just tears. Yeah, tears, crying, tears. yelling, yeah. screaming. Right? This is not good. What yeah. is happening right now? Right? Um, but then, like all of a sudden, uh, a few minutes later, you're swaddled in these nice um, cloth, mm-hmm. and you got somebody hold you. Maybe you're you're nursing now, and you have the warm heartbeat, uh, and you somehow know it's your mom, you know, or whatever. And then now you can kind of coo, and you're more relaxed. Yeah. You fast forward, and you're you're three years old. You come out of those terrible twos, and somebody takes one of your toys. You may not even be playing with it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and you fr- you start flipping out. Somebody just took what is yours, right? Mm-hmm. But then somebody gives you that toy or that sucker, you know, that candy. Then then you're excited. Mm-hmm. You know, you fast forward a number of years later. You're in high school now, and you've got that crush. 
and you ask that crush out and he or she says yes and the world is your oyster right you're on cloud nine you're giddy you're excited they say no you're devastated it's because i have zits you know and you just start beating yourself up and you're just morose right Mm -hmm. You fast forward a little bit further and you're graduating from college and you get that dream job. It's exactly what you wanted in the town that you wanted. It's a 401k. You're getting paid well, you know, et cetera. And you're, you're just so happy. This is just fantastic. Or you get out of college and the recession's really bad and you got to move back home with the parents, you know, and, and just get a job somewhere to kind of pay the bills until you can find something. And you're just really upset. You know, why did I go through all this and why can't I get a job? And maybe you're embarrassed, you know, et cetera. And this goes on through the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So as it stands naturally, whatever your circumstance is, that's where your internal is. So your internal and your external are totally like connected, rooted, they're magnetized, whatever phrase that you want to use. Yeah. That's not the end goal. You know, so if we use the seven stages of journey and you want to be water walking, you want to mature in your faith, mm-hmm. you don't want to be there. Um, you don't want to let your circumstance have such a radical effect on how you're thinking and how you're feeling. So what the goal is, so imagine, so if you draw that dotted line out mirroring that, we can draw a second dotted line out. So this would be another internal line. This would be the goal. This one you would draw right up near the eternal line. And you're not going to draw it totally straight, but it's going to be more of a mellow up and down. And so if you're looking at the external, when it peaks, then you would have a slight bump up in Mm -hmm. in your dotted line. And when it it valleys, you would have a slight dip in in the dotted line. And so what that shows is long-term, the goal is to be more eternally rooted. And we're going to get into the practical application of all this shortly. Um, But you're going to be eternally rooted, and you're still going to be affected by your circumstances, um, but less so. Because you, because the eternal, the God stuff is a stronger magnet. Does it make sense so far what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. And I think another way to just visualize this would be um, imagine that hoverboards have been created. Like we have okay. we have the ones with little wheels that have been wheeling around campus for a couple of days. Or like a couple like of Michael weeks J. Fox? Something like that. Yeah. Um, but imagine it's actually hovering above the ground. So it's not literally on the ground. It's actually a hoverboard. Okay. And so you're just kind of going along. And when you're riding on a hoverboard, this is Virginia out here, and it's hilly and up and down, and there's bumps and everything. And so you're just kind of bouncing along, along on every little thing, and that's what right. you were just describing with that first dotted line. Being, being externally rooted. Yeah. yeah. And so you're just really connected to the external. And I think what we can compare that to, just for another, another visual analogy, um, we can compare that to going up in a helicopter. And so then you're still flying relatively close to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still see when there's trees and buildings and all of that. But you're just adjusting a little bit, going a little further up if there's a building coming up or sinking back down to still be hovering above the ground. But it's much less dramatic of a change than the hoverboard. And so I think that that's just another way to just kind of visualize what you're trying to explain <laughs> I, I just squirreled for a second because i was thinking i would use the millennium falcon instead of the helicopter as the analogy there you know hovering <laughs> over the things from the movie um but i realized that that's just me being me so <laughs> but yeah i think so you're, so you're spot on there right yeah the and so here's the thing what's the smoother ride the the hoverboard going boom 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 bouncing over the ups and downs mm-hmm. or the helicopter um slightly a little bit higher what's the more what's the smoother ride definitely the helicopter i mean I have actually, unfortunately, neither ridden in a helicopter or on a hoverboard, (laughs) but I can only imagine that uh, just cruising along, being able to look and see the big picture, there's even that part of the analogy that Mm -hmm. fits. You Mm -hmm. can have just a greater perspective, being able to see more, as opposed to just bouncing along on each individual divot and curbside and everything. So it just gives you a greater perspective, um, a long-term perspective, 
and just allows for a much smoother ride, like you were saying. Now, with that, though, what might be the catch or one of the sours to flying the helicopter? It would probably be just the different type of balancing act that it really is. Is it more difficult? Um, I Actually, yes. Um, I know a pilot back home, and he was trying to explain to me what it's like. He's uh, just an airplane pilot, um, but he was explaining. Just, yeah. <laughs> just an airplane pilot. <laughs> um, and he was explaining to me that it's kind of like balancing an elephant on a beach ball. Flying a helicopter. Flying a helicopter. Yeah. And so, like, your feet are moving and you're doing all this and your arms are trying to do all this different stuff to control the back end and up and down and just, it's complicated. And so, just, it adds, and I think that that would be one of the sours. It's a whole lot easier to just sit and chill on your hoverboard and just go along, but when right. you start actually flying and trying to maneuver a helicopter, it's difficult to start out with. It takes time to practice. Um, and really be able to get good at it. But long-term results, you're able to have a much smoother ride. So this is where we get to apply the sweet and sour as far as, you know, the what are the sours to being more eternally rooted. Yeah. And we're going to get into the application here in a second. Fairly con- complex and time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it, it takes a lot more work to be eternally rooted. Uh, but there is a lot of the sweets as well. That there's these other benefits that's just smoother and that kind of thing. Yeah. Scripturally speaking, just to elaborate on this, so Second Corinthians four says, "Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Therefore, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. So, right there, we have this EIE, this eternal, internal, external. Though outwardly, externally, we're wasting away. We're having all this good and bad stuff happening to yeah. us." Inwardly, now he's talking about this is what a mature believer mm-hmm. inwardly is going to be going to be renewed day by day because it, internally their heart and mind is rooted in God. This is where the eternal benefits that come from that. Yeah. Uh, another example would be Colossians three that we set our mind on the things above, not the things of the earth. You have Philippians four, whatever's good, pure, noble. These be all the god godly eternal things. Mm-hmm. Set your mind on them. You have Second uh, Timothy two that a good soldier doesn't get caught up in civilian matters because he's yeah. too eagerly seeking to please the master. So we see a number of these different references scripturally. And let me say this too: I'm not saying that we're ignoring the external. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. You know that that, that kind of quote. Yeah. We're not saying that. Hey, as a good Christian, you ignore the circumstances because you're so wrapped up in God. What we're saying is is that we're letting ourselves be so eternally rooted and, and letting the eternal God magnet pull on us even stronger than the external earthly magnet yeah. to such a degree that we now have the strength and wisdom and peace to best handle it. Mm-hmm. Right, does that make sense? Yeah, and it, this definitely, just want to reiterate even more, this isn't something that happens overnight. No. Um, this is, and I think that's where the helicopter analogy really starts to fit in well. Um, it's not some passive thing that you just go along for the ride. You're you're flying this bad boy. Right, the entire um, time, yeah. And so you need to be reading the instruction manual, which I think would pretty easily translate straight to the Bible. Right, right, um, right. You need to be able to know what's going on, what sort of things should you expect, all of that different things. And then, I mean, really, you just need a lot of flight time figuring yeah. out how all that works. You know, and I'm even thinking, too, like, you can't be drunk. Um, you can't be angry, nope. um, cause that's, that stuff's you're not going to fly as well. So, so that's, that's the concept behind the EIE. Let me give some like practical, practical application of how this would look okay. just again. So maybe like if you're listening, okay, I don't, 
like I sort of understand, but let's let's just talk it out of it. Yeah. So the example that I want to give is imagine if I'm externally rooted okay. and I'm dealing with some problem. I'm gonna describe what would it look like to handle a problem externally rooted and then eternally rooted. So if I'm a typical human and really even a typical believer, milk drinking, boat riding believer, sure. um, some valley has hit, some bad situation. So I'm in a bad mood. Maybe I'm angry. Maybe I'm scared. It could be a number of different negative emotions. But mm-hmm. I'm in a bad situation, and, of course, negative emotions have come. It's just the way that it is. Sure. So now I'm in a bad mood. And, and so I'm, I'm going to be thinking on what's wrong, and it's just, it's just cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to make a decision on how to handle this. Now, because I'm so externally rooted, because I'm so upset that this bad stuff's been happening, and now it's put me in a bad mood, I have a clouded mind. So as I'm trying to make the decision, it's clouded. And so I can't make it totally clear. Like, for example, you know, we need to be loving in all that we do and and biblically minded and that kind of deal. But if I'm not really loving because I'm, you know, because even 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is not irritated. Yeah. Right. And so if I'm irritated, I'm not really loving the other individuals. And so I'm not seeing things clearly. They're the bad guy. I'm the good guy. I'm the victim. They're the bad guy. And so I'm going to be making poor decisions here. Now, if I'm not even a believer or I'm not really even paying attention to the eternal, Mm -hmm. then clearly all my decisions are based on alleviating the dissonance that I have internally. So if I'm in a bad mood, you know, of of my heart and my mind, I don't want to be in a bad mood of my heart and mind. So I'm going to make whatever decision I can so that I'm no longer in a bad mood. So that maybe you know, fight or flee, depending on my personality type. I may be the aggressive, assertive, and I'm going to stop this bad, mm-hmm. or I may just I'm out, right? I'm just going to check out and, and, and walk away from it all. Um, and so the dis- typically, and I don't want to make these all all Sweeping or nothing statements. Yeah. yeah. Typically, if I'm externally rooted, then my heart and mind are, are in a not in a good place, and whatever decision I make is going to be to alleviate that, mm-hmm. which is not always the right decision. It's true. So, so let, now let's say I am a believer, but I'm still externally rooted. Um, I might, so, so you imagine you're looking at your drawing there, you're down there at the bottom, you're in the valley, the, the problem is happening. And so, you, so how is my heart feel and what is my mind thinking? And it's, you know, it's based on that. Yeah. They said, now I do have to go pay attention to the eternal. I need to listen to what scripture has to say, what God, what God's direction, you know, would give me. So I go pray. You know, I spend some time in Scripture, and I'm listening to God in prayer, and we'll get into more of that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I'm in a bad mood. So imagine, like, imagine you and I are talking, mm-hmm. and I'm in a bad mood, and you're trying to tell me some great wisdom. A- am I listening? Pro- I mean, probably, yeah. but they're static. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to be listening very clearly. Yeah. And I'm probably also going to put a spin on what you say mm-hmm. in the way that I want. So if I'm more externally rooted, but I am a believer, and so I'm going to God in Scripture and prayer, because I have that cloudy heart and that cloudy mind, there's going to be static as I'm listening to God in the Scripture and prayer, and I'm probably going to put a little spin. Oh, when he says this, he means this. So for example, biblically, God tells Joshua to fight, right, in Joshua 5 and 6 to go take Jericho. And you can imagine if, if, if Joshua was in a very a really bad mood and he's irritated mm-hmm. and, he's, and he's a more aggressive type, he's like, boom, God, got it. And he just starts to run off with all these spears. We're going to slaughter all of them, you know. And God's like, oh, hold on. 
let me tell you the tactics of how we're going to do that. Yeah. Get a good pair of walking shoes, get some trumpets, set your calendar clear for the next week. We're going <laughs> to march you seven times around the city, right? And so so if he wasn't listening well, he would put a spin and fight in the way that he wanted to fight, you know, yeah. et cetera. So, so that would, that's what it looks like to be externally rooted. It's all about the alleviating of the dissonance internally and, and maybe going to God, maybe not. But if you're going to God, it's going to be cluttered and cloudy and static. And I think part of the reason that it gets really difficult when you're trying to go to God, when you're starting from the bottom and trying to work your way up to him, um, I think it just gets difficult because the focus all of a sudden is on us trying to climb our way up to where mm-hmm. really we should be in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to work our way out of the valley that we just dropped into and up to God to get to a point where we can be more eternally minded. And then for like that's just tiring to get all the way up there. And then we... I, I just know that me personally, I start to get like, well, come on, wh- where are you? What are you doing? Right. I'm, I'm, you're supposed to be here in my times of trouble, but you're, you still seem a bit far off. Right. And I think that really this paradigm just helps to show us kind of how that's working. Mm-hmm. It's not that God, God hasn't moved. He's still the solid line right at the top. And the problem is we have dropped down further away from him because we're more focused on the external than the eternal. Mm -hmm. And so that just makes it much more difficult to actually be in a spot where we can hear his voice and be able to receive the comfort that he does provide for us. Yeah. I I love that we're using our hands on a podcast. (laughs) Um, So another thing with that is if you're externally rooted, that magnet is pulling you down. Mm -hmm. And so like you said, you're trying to climb up and you're trying to go against the gravity against the pole. So the key here is to not let the external things, the circumstances of life, have such a pull on you. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so if you can kind of uh, stop or, or, or um, put, a, put a barrier between you and that external pull, you're now freer to climb to the top, right? Yeah. So let's give an example then of what it would look like to be eternally rooted handling a situation. So the first thing that you have to do, and this is difficult, and this goes back to what you just said. This is not an overnight thing. What we're saying is ridiculously difficult. Mm-hmm. It's taking me years. And, I'm, and, and there are certain triggers that I have that I still get externally rooted. But a lot of it overall, I've become more eternally rooted. But we're talking, I mean, like a decade or more. Yeah. I'm intentionally trying to live this way. So if I'm eternally rooted, that external magnet isn't pulling on me as much. And so what I do is I lay aside, and I understand how difficult this is. I'm in a bad situation or something bad happening to me. I say, all right, for the moment, I'm going to lay that issue aside. I'm not going to let that issue affect me mentally or um, emotionally right now. Because mm-hmm. I know it's hard, but we, we, eventually you can get there. So I'm going I'm to lay it aside. I know that I don't have to ignore it. I know that I do get to address it, but God's not going to let me address it yet. Mm-hmm. So now I'm eternally rooted. So, so I'm going to kind of walk through like a scenario of a conversation God and I might have okay. if, if I'm eternally rooted. Um, all right. So God, oh, I'm sitting here with you and put myself at your feet because I'm in a bad situation right now. But I know that if I live EIE and I'm more eternally rooted, I can just better handle the situation. It's re- this is a trigger of mine. It's ridiculously difficult for me to let go, but I want to lay it aside for a moment, and I want you and I just to sit here together through Scripture and through prayer, and I want to make sure that I'm just rooted with you before I make a decision on what to do with this valley that I'm in. So I'm going to be quiet for a moment and let you just talk. So then I imagine like what God's going to be saying to me. And the more that I've done this and, and the more that I've listened to God in prayer, and maybe in a little bit we'll discuss about listening to prayer, yeah. um, I'm blown away by him. 
he's way different than I thought he was. He's much more gentle. He does have, a friend of mine calls him sassy. <laughs> he's got a sassy side to him, you know, a sarcastic side sometimes. Um, very, very blunt, but like ridiculously gentle and loving and like in a good mood all the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, and again, I, and I've actually done this, I mean, multiple times. And I'm sitting, I'm like, all right, guys, what, what do you got for me? Um, go ahead and give me some advice on what to do with the circumstance. And he goes, son, you know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> the first thing I want to tell you is I love you. You know, I'm like, I got I know. No, son, let's, let's think about this for a second. I love you. Do you believe that's true? I, I do. I know all the scripture, you know, from that. Okay, what does that mean? Um, what is love? Well, I, I did an unpacking of love, and I know that love is a passionate treasuring as I'm walking consistently and humbly with you, patiently forgiving any wrongdoing that somebody does, constantly contributing to their well-being. Yeah. And God says, great. Now, so what does that mean when I say I love you? Um, that means that you passionately treasure me because you created me and I'm yours and you're walking consistently with yourself, you know, that triune nature, you're good, right? You're reliable (laughs) and you're patiently forgiving me of any wrong that I do. And you're even patiently forgiving the wrong of what others do. Patience is that forbearance, that refraining from enforcing what is due or right in the moment. Forgiving is a releasing myself of any resentment or anger as I release another from penalty. So you're releasing yourself of any resentment or anger toward me or towards this other person in the situation. Refraining from enforcing what is due or right in the moment for some other good. And you're constantly contributing to my well-being. And God's like, yeah, that's right. Now, what are some of the things that I've contributed to your well-being lately? God, I know all that stuff. I don't want to think about it. I want to talk about this problem. No. Hmm. What are some things that I've contributed to your well-being lately? Um, spiritually this, re- relationally this, financially this, right? And I can list all these, these things out. Yeah. He's like, good. How's that make you feel? Um, I mean, well, I feel good. I'm really <laughs> appreciative. You know, I, I feel a little bad sometimes that I, I take that stuff. And God's like, no, I don't feel bad. It's the gifts that I want to give you, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, that is really cool. You know, and so I'm kind of calming down a little bit on that. And so he's like, now, um, next thing. What are some things I've been teaching you lately with this water walking? What, what are the two training areas that I have you in right now? Um, right now, you have me in patience and joy. Okay, and then how do you define those? And I would go through, and, and you know, God asked me a lot of questions and this type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd go through, and I would just, just define what patience is and what joy. You know, we just did patience. Joy is a, uh, a merry contentment, knowing that your well-being is being abundantly replenished or your core needs are yeah. an exhilarated high spirits. You can go through all that stuff. All right, and what, and what have I told you? What are the sources of joy? So I'd walk through those six sources that I identified. All right, and what are some of the hindrances to joy? Ooh, unmet expectations. Okay, good. Back in September, what were some of those unmet expectations I had you identify in your life? Um, I expect that I never make any mistake. Is that good? No. Um, what's another expectation? Uh, I expect that other people won't make a mistake. Is that realistic? No. You know, and so, and so I've been teaching you to release yourself of those things, right? Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this in the situation you're currently in? Yeah, you know, I'm getting it. All right. So before we even get into the details of that situation, let's talk about the wrongdoer, the person that's wronging you right now. Mm. Hurt people hurt people. So they're hurting you, which means most likely they've been hurt. How have they been hurt? Well, how, how am I supposed to know that? And I don't care. It doesn't justify them doing wrong. God's like, son, calm down. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't justify. I'm not saying it justifies, but it explains. And how, what have I told you about putting the needs of others first and the importance of empathy, right? And the importance of what, you know, what is one of the definitions of love in 1 Corinthians 13? Uh, not taking wrong into account. Right, good, there we go. Yeah. So what's going on in their life? And, and, and let's say I know the person, let's say it's a friend of mine that's offending me. <sighs> well, I know that they're going through this struggle, you know, et cetera. Okay, so, so how do you think they feel going through that struggle? They probably feel this way, this way, and this way. And they're more fleshly rooted right now. And they're more externally rooted, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And so that's why they're behaving this way. Now, does that make it right? No, but it helps me explain it. Now, also, what is love? Love is kind. What does that mean? It's useful. It contributes to the well-being of. So, and, and, and so God would say things like, do you love this person that is wronging you? God, of course I love them, you know? And God's like, do you? And so let's walk through that. It says that love is not irritated. Are you irritated by them? Yes. Love does not take the wrong into account. Are you putting their wrongs on a podium and, and thinking about it? Yes. Um, love is kind. It contributes to their well-being, so it helps alleviate their hurts so that they don't cause other hurts. Are you contributing in, allevi- in, in some direct way, alleviating their pain? No. So are you really loving them? No. Okay. And isn't that a commandment of mine? Yes. Isn't it one of the greatest? Yes. So how could you love them more, right? And so it, yeah. it just changes all this. So we would go through all that, and so how are they feeling? You know, inter- internally, how are they feeling? Mm-hmm. So then God could say, now internally, how are you feeling? Now let's say He let me come externally rooted first, and so I came in guns a blazing, totally complaining about the problem, and He says, "How am I feeling?" Well, I can tell you how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, right? I'll let you know. you know, irritated and everything else. Mm-hmm. But now, and, and this can take anywhere from a couple of minutes or to 45 minutes, right? But we're going through all these things and it's convicting me, not guilt, just the conviction. It's calming me down. It's letting me think on a broader scale. You know, it's letting me think biblically from his mindset, et cetera. How are you feeling? (sighs) Well, I wanna take the plank out of my own eye. And I know that I want to be more loving for them. And I'm not happy with the situation, but I'm already becoming more gentle in my approach. So as we go through all this, and he's just trying to calm me down by reminding me of his love that he has for me, reminding me of these things that he's been teaching me and how it would look in application, he says, okay, now we can discuss the circumstance. So given everything we've been discussing, and now that you're in a better place internally, what's the best way for you to go about handling this problem? And so this would go to like fight, flight, persevere, which is another lens that we'll do another day. Um, be do have, which is another lens that we'll do, I think probably next, next episode. Um, but I can say, well, I know that I need to be more loving. And so I need to be patient with their wrongdoing right now. And I need to be contributing to their well being. And God might say, okay, how would you go about doing that? Um, maybe inviting them out for dinner, go get a beer and some wings and just see the latest of where they're at, you know, Mm -hmm. and talk with them about that. Um, and just forgive them of the wrong. I don't have to condone it, but I do need to forgive them. And then once all that's happening, maybe they'll stop their behavior. Yeah. Um, and then everything's, pl- I'm pleased because the circumstances are good. But also, even if they continue in their bad behavior, I'm so rooted in him now and in, in, in God and in love that I have thicker skin yeah. and I can handle the problem better. Does this make sense? Yeah, and that's just such a healthy perspective change. And I, I was feeling a bit of conviction just like the way <laughs> yeah. I handle problems, just you going through that and just changing the perspective from, well, I'm upset, I'm upset, I'm upset, this is why, this is why, this is why, to, you know what, I mess up all the time. 
and God, you love me despite everything that I do and you love them and I'm supposed to love them. Mm-hmm. And it just really just knocks down the level of, an, of adrenaline, just 15 or 20 degrees. Um, and just puts you in a more healthy perspective of the whole issue. And it just alleviates all of that anger and tension that you had built up yourself. And I think that another example of this would be um, just when you're driving down the road (laughs) and you're driving in traffic and that morning you got a call from an old friend and they just really hadn't talked in a while. You got to catch up for a little bit. And so you're just happy. It's payday. You're going to the bank and, um, you also just, you just got dairy queen and you got a chocolate, uh, brownie blizzard. And so you were just eating that and you're just having a an amazing day and you're going and meeting someone else in about an hour and so you're just kind of driving along and you don't you don't really have anywhere to be but you're just working on getting there and then it's rush hour because that's what happens when you drive and someone cuts you off right what are you gonna do if if you're in that situation just all these wonderful things going on in your morning and then a guy cuts you off in traffic what's if i'm truly in a good mood yeah and like i'm relaxed i'm not in a hurry to get home there may be a slight, and by the way, I'm not usually this way, right? <laughs> but but if I'm eternally rooted, or that kind of thing, yeah. there might be a slight anno- annoyance, but it almost might not even, it, it might not even come on my radar yeah. that they even cut me off because I'm just thinking about the good mood stuff. Yeah, and so you're just, I mean, I know for me personally, it doesn't take much and food is enough to get me <laughs> to right. um, be just happy um and so just if someone decides that they're going to do that then it's just kind of like fine whatever you probably have a reason that you're trying to get wherever you're supposed to be and i'm not the most consistent at that let me just preface this right. with that but then on the flip side if i am if i overslept and i'm trying to get to class mm-hmm. and miss the bus because i missed the bus and so now i have to get in my car and i have to drive to campus and i have 15 minutes to do a 14 minute drive and then I have to park way out and then run to, and I just have a lot going on. Sure. And then I'm driving down 401 and a guy pulls in front of me. I am going to let that guy know just as enthusiastically as I can exactly how I feel. <laughs> Maybe sinfully. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Hopefully yeah. not. But yeah. be angry and do not sin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just going to let him know how I felt about that. And yeah. I'm a very vocal driver most of the time. Um, when I'm upset and just talk to the other people and just I think that can be another example to just show how when we're focused on the individual circumstances and we aren't eternally minded we just react and we don't respond to what's going on and I think that that's really just another caveat to this yeah Um, and and let me say this real quick with that because this I I don't want us to be like hyper idealistic like you know if all you need to do is get in a good mood with God and you won't be upset when someone cuts you off. <laughs> but I want to think practically and because there are times when, and you know, this was the normal when somebody cuts me off or does, you know, does go, goes the speed limit and left lane you know, or <laughs> whatever. Um, and, and in the general, the default for me is to be irritated by that because yeah. the expectations I have, et cetera. Sure. But there actually have been times when that happened and it didn't bother me mm-hmm. or, or kind of with that, like maybe I have a pet peeve that when most people usually do it, it really does upset me. Maybe I say something, maybe I don't, yeah. but there's certain people that when they do it, it doesn't upset me. So I have to sit here and, and ponder on that for a moment and be like, no, why, why does normally it bother me? But sometimes it doesn't cause it's the exact same event. Yeah. 
but it doesn't bother me. That shows me that it's possible that I can't just say, I have no choice. Mm-hmm. If this happens, I will get upset. I can't say that because there have been times that it did happen, I did get upset. Yeah. And I was in a different place that day, a different mindset. I, you know, there's a number of factors going on. So that just tells me that that it is possible to it is possible not to be bothered by that stuff. Yeah. And so that got that kind of got me thinking on well then what what's going on here, right, with the eternally rooted. And so now uh, we're going to just transition into a time of some question and answer, and hopefully we will be able to just answer some of the questions you might have. Okay, good. And I just want to start out by saying uh, just a general comment. This, re- this lens is really quite simple mm-hmm. in one aspect. Um, like just the idea of not being focused on the individual things that are going on through your life and staying eternally focused and just... Um, having that wider perspective and more long-term mindset, it's not it's not difficult to understand. Right. Where, where I think the problems really and just the difficulty is, is just really consistently applying that. Um, and so just with that being said, we're going to start our questions. And okay. how do you know if you are actually being eternally rooted? Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy for us as Christians to say, oh, I, you know, I, I'm definitely eternally rooted. Are you, though? So we want to we want to test that, and and it's pretty easy to test it. So for example, let's say you know you and I know each other, and I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, and there okay. was some issue that you were dealing with. Yeah. And so a couple of weeks go by, and we see each other. Hey, catch me up on what's the latest on that situation, right? That 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 valley. Sure. And you take fifteen or twenty minutes, and you walk me through all the details of what happened since in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So you know, because the mind, we, we we talk about what we're thinking about. So if you're thinking about, oh, you know, this happened A, then B, then C, you're going to share that with me. Mm-hmm. So you might say, okay, so, so you know the basic situation. We've already talked about it. Since then, that individual has done this and this and this. And, oh, there was an email that they had sent out. And I think it meant this, though I'm not for sure. And it really yeah. upset me. You know, so I had said this, and I asked somebody about this. And, and so, so you walk me through all of these things. And, and, and then some of the feelings that there's some more of the irritation or hurt mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And you do 15 or 20 minutes of that. And then you say, now, and I know, of course, you know, we're believers and we follow yeah. God. And, and you know, you've, you told me about EIE. So what would be the eternal? And so you spend a couple minutes like, and so I know I'm supposed to be patient. Um, patience is a virtue. It's one of the fruit of the spirit, you know. And um, so I know I need to apply that. It's just, it's really hard. Well, you just spent 20 minutes walking me through all the details of the circumstances. <laughs> True. And then you spend a minute or two generally referencing the eternal there's your answer yeah I, I i don't care what you say what you try to convince me that you're eternally rooted you're not you're externally rooted yeah. it just shows in your answer where inversely if we saw each other, hey catch me up on, on the situation and you're like oh man okay so so you know the basics and, and you know how we've been talking about patience yeah. and god's really been trying to teach me patience and I was I was looking up the the Greek word macrothumia and the forbearance and and getting that definition of refraining from enforcing what is due or right did not like it so I did some more research and I found that oh, that is unfortunately what it what it means <laughs> yeah. and I was reading in James about something and 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 Proverbs talks about patience and and so the last couple of weeks I've really been just coming to grips with okay I'm not patient but patience is something required if I want to be a go-to person for God and so God's really been been just breaking me of that that I need to learn patience yeah. and I know that I can't learn it in a vacuum 
And so I know that the only way for me to learn patience is for bad to happen. It reminds me of David, you know, you give some example there. Yeah. And so, and so I'm going through all these things about what is patience and how does it look and why do I need to do it and what would it look like in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so you spend 15 or 20 minutes and you, maybe you're saying, you know, and, and of course I've been praying about this and, and just recently I was in, in prayer, I was listening to the song and, and this came up and it just kind of reiterated it all. Yeah. And so you spend 15 or 20 minutes telling me scripturally, prayerfully, mm-hmm. eternally, all these different details you're learning about you. And then you spend like, you know, just a couple of minutes and saying, so having said all that, I don't want to go into all the details about the situation because that would be complaining and all that. I'll just say the situation hasn't improved. Mm -hmm. The individual's still doing the same things that they were doing before, but I'm realizing this is an opportunity for me to behave this way. You've just now proven to me that you're eternally rooted. So one of the things I'm hoping the listeners will, will think about this is as you finish up this podcast, in the next couple of days and, and next week or two, you're going to become aware of how externally rooted you and your Christian friends are, mm. because we still always talk about the details of the circumstances. We're, and it's not that we have to ignore it or that we're not allowed to talk about it at all, right? Because we are addressing it, but we're not allowing ourselves to engage in the external circumstances until we've been eternally rooted. So we really do need to get back to that scripture and that prayer and focused on you and the change that God wants you to make. And and, and you know, I think you referenced this earlier, given all that, it just, it changes the priorities and the external stuff becomes less prevalent. Yeah. And uh, just something I was thinking about with the analogy that we were talking about uh, with the helicopter and the hoverboard. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're driving a hoverboard on the sidewalk um, and you see like a couple leaves on there, like if those are the external circumstances and we're talking in that first 15 minutes that you were just referencing, I'm telling you about all these leaves that I saw and I saw this and this <laughs> and the, the bark on the tree was like this. But if I'm in a helicopter flying over, I don't really notice individual leaves on a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. I don't really see discoloration and bark. I don't really see just a lot of the little nitpicky details you that pay I'm attention really paying things. attention to yeah. when you're just right on the surface level of issues. Yeah, that's a good point. So another question would be, could you just talk a little bit more about listening and prayer and what that looks like? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, this is going to be a little bit longer episode than, than most just because because the EIE is such a huge issue you know yeah um, but it's a can of worms that we can't do here so we'll do another episode when we get really into listening prayer all I'll say is this so I made the reference talking about what does it look like practically to be eternally rooted yeah. it's spending time in scripture and in prayer mm-hmm. and it's letting God tell you that he loves you letting him remind you of the lessons that he's been teaching you you know and, and getting you asking you uncomfortable questions sure. about hurt people hurt people mm-hmm that does require your ability to listen to God in prayer, which is a huge thing. So all I'm gonna say on that right now is, because it's something I'm still working through myself, yeah. the, the phrase I always tell people is, you can't begin to master prayer until you've begun to master scripture. Mm-hmm. And I specifically don't say you can't master prayer until you've mastered scripture, because I just don't know if we'll ever master either of those this side of the gates. Yeah. So it's specifically you begin to. I have certain, depending on your theological bent and all that, certain Christian friends that believe, no, God doesn't speak to you in prayer. It's this, through the scriptures. That's his word. You know, listen to that. Then I've got other Christian friends that are kind of on the other end of the, of the extreme. It's the spectrum issue where, like, everything is labeled God, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And so I, I take this middle moderate view that, that I believe that whenever a thought comes into your head, there's one of three sources to that thought. Either okay. the neurons in your brain form that thought, that's from <laughs> sure. you, or the enemy is whispering some uh, twisted truth, okay. you know, trying to trip you up, or the almighty creator of the universe himself is speaking that to you. Mm-hmm. We want to say, well, clearly we know the difference between those three. That's not true because the angel clothes himself as an angel of light. And so it, at least initially, those three voices sound pretty similar. Yeah. So you want to be really careful labeling something God when it may not be God. So what's important is to pick up on his accent. And, and, and when, we get, when we do an episode on, on prayer, we'll, we'll get more into that. Okay. But the idea for me is the more that you're mastering Scripture, the more that you're studying it, letting it study you, you know, not just interpreting it, but let it, letting it interpret you, um, the more you're going to pick up on God's accent, you're going to pick up on the, the tone, mm-hmm. the words that he uses, his style, etc. so that in prayer, when you'll hear that voice, you can pick up on those accents. So that's something to just keep in mind. That, again, like we've said, it's, this is not an overnight just switch. <laughs> EIE is a long-term deal. Yep. But you're learning, you're beginning to master scripture, you're beginning to master prayer. That way you can get eternally rooted and have those conversations with God. Okay. Um, so let me let me turn this on you and ask you a question, okay? Because I want to be able to start combining all the lenses. So sweet and sour, um, what are the sours to living EIE to, to to actually applying this as we described? What are some of the sours? Mm-hmm. These these really good things that are going to make you wince, and then what are some of the sweets? These really good things that are also be very pleasing if you actually start doing this. Yeah. So some of the sours are, it's hard. I mean, it's a relatively easy concept, like I said at the beginning of this, um, but it's it's just difficult to actually implement, and it mm-hmm. takes time to really build up the ability to be doing this on a consistent basis, and it just is going to be taking a lot of effort. But And also something that's sour is you're not allowed to actually be reacting to all of the little things that you see. Right. Which... Um, Again, that's a sour. It's a good thing that just makes you wince because mm-hmm. there's that little piece of you that actually just really wants yeah, to you react. Want, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just really wants to react to everything. And I heard this, uh, and don't remember where, unfortunately, but someone was saying, in 10,000 years, will this thing that you're worried about actually matter? Mm-hmm. And so that might seem a little idealistic, so let's just make it 100 years. <laughs> if someone walks up to me and accidentally pushes me into the wall, Mm-hmm. Is that going to matter in a hundred years? No. Am I going to think about that? N- no. Mm-hmm. If someone steals money from me, is that going? I mean, sure. Like, oh, they took my money. Man, that's my money. I worked hard for that. I'm a college student and I'm poor. Sure, but is that going to matter in a hundred years? If we're being honest, no. Yeah, and so it just it really just starts to alleviate a lot of these little things that we get really worked up on really quick and just starts to bring it down to the level that really it should be at, uh, which really leads into the sweets. It, it just alleviates all of these little things that you were really, really concerned about. Uh, people cutting you off in traffic, cutting you off in line, doing all of this, these really simple little things um, that have given us a lot of things to get worked up over it just really alleviates you from that which is actually a really freeing place to be Mm -hmm. Um, just being in a spot where you're not concerned about all of those things and you're actually in a position to hear uh, God's accent in your ear um, and be able to just listen to that and it also allows you to be closer to Christ more consistently. We were talking about the magnet of the solid line at the top and the wavy line at the bottom. 
and working your way up to that. Well, if you're consistent, if you're more consistently staying up by Christ, then you're going to be closer to him and you're going to be growing in fellowship with him and intimacy and just all of those things that we as believers should be seeking. And I think even unbelievers, there's applications here. If you have more of a long-term perspective and you're Mm -hmm. not worrying about individual things that are going on, Mm -hmm. it just helps you to be able to live a fuller life. Yeah. It's much more freeing. You know, I, um, the seven stage journey to me is, is it's this great little like picture of like explaining this journey that we're on. Yeah. And the sweet and sour is this great little evaluation tool to help you see things more clearly, right? This EIE, this eternal, internal, external is such a big one. You know, Isaiah was sitting here in the studio with us earlier and he was talking yeah. about um, he, he, he feels like you need to come to grips with a seven stage journey and EIE first. And with that umbrella, then you can better understand all it's the true. lenses because it's so changing. And so one of the things that I, I just want you guys listening to, to realize, I mean, this is something I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult and it's freeing. Yeah. Because, and, you know, and it makes sense. It's like, well, duh, why wouldn't you be eternally rooted? But it is really difficult to get to, like you were just explaining with the sours and that. It's just for me, when you get more eternally rooted, you're going to have more contentment. You know, when we look at Paul and he says shipwrecks, beatings, imprisonments, I find contentment with them. To me, he was eternally rooted, and that's why he was able to do that. True. You know, um, Malachi 4.2, for those of you who revere um, the name of God, you'll, you'll leave like a calf released from a stall. So this bounding joy comes not just from circumstances, but from your reverence of God, which to me is an eternally rooted thing. Isaiah 26.3, which is on my, my license plate of my, my Ford Ranger. <laughs> um, you, Lord, give perfect peace to him whose mind is steadfast on you because he trusts in you. And so that perfect peace doesn't come from stable situations. It comes from the, the being eternally rooted, you know. So, so there's a price. There's a cost. Yeah. It's time-consuming. Yeah. But I know that, and, and it, you know, it goes into you're going to have to let people take advantage of you, which is a whole <laughs> Richard Foster can of worms that we'll get into, or I really want to, we'll get to another day. It's just very important for me for everyone to realize that if you, the, the more consistently you are in, in being eternally rooted, it's just the more freedom, the more protection, you're more resilient. You can just handle the problems of life. So the little things like yeah. driving or getting cut off, bigger things like politics and who gets elected into what office, um, the relational issues of how somebody treats you, family or loved one, you know, or spouse or whatever, mm-hmm. all of these things. It's not that you're just blown off the circumstances, but be you're so eternally rooted you can best handle those circumstances. And so this EIE concept really does become a big issue for all the other lenses. And this is what that water walking is, is really about. It's, it's difficult, but it's powerful, right? And it's worth it. It's totally worth it. I believe it's totally worth it. Yeah. So with that, like we, as we finish every episode, if you have questions and, and you want to know more about this or you have objections, maybe there's something that we didn't discuss that you wanted to bring up, always feel free to contact us. You can go to the Rekindling website, which is rekindlingministries.org, or you can email us at uh, info at rekindlingministries.com, and, uh, and we can respond to you. So, so we'll sign off with that. We love you guys, and we'll see you guys for the next episode.